0: Streaming live 24-24-24-7. Radioinfluence.com.
1: Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football. With just one catch, we're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host,
0: T.J. Reed. Well, here we go, gobble, gobble, with a special Thanksgiving weekend edition of the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to underdogs. Or are they turkeys? Birds of a feather? I'm not quite sure. But we, we are here to talk about those underdogs against the spread in college and pro football I am TJ Reeves. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody in advance. Perhaps you're listening later in the weekend and everything went well. Hopefully you survived Black Friday, if that's the case. And then and we march on with all the football. He is Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com. Love his insight. Hey, uh, we should tell the audience, uh, I love getting to spend a little time with you and with Mrs. Vegas Insider this weekend. We had a little dinner uh, before the Buccaneers and the Dolphins played, whatever that game was on Sunday. It was good to see you in person and get to hook up prior to Thanksgiving and uh, spend some time over a meal. And we can tell the audience we did not talk nonstop about underdogs at our dinner that night.
1: No, just 25 minutes of it, and that was it. Otherwise, <laughs> the rest of the meal, you know, we, we didn't do any of that. But no, it was, it was very nice to uh, to hook up with you and, and see you at dinner. And uh, unfortunately, the game on Sunday oh, wasn't that great, but oh, uh, it still was, uh, was a lot of fun. And now we have proof that we've actually met each other in person.
0: Yes, we have seen each other. We've met each other in person. And we should bow to Kevin Rogers figuratively, because a week ago on Three Dog Thursday, undefeated at 2-0-1, victories by Virginia. You called it. You said Virginia would not only hang in with Miami but have a chance to win the game. They were winning the whole game, basically, until the fourth quarter of that game with the Miami Hurricanes. They easily covered. Uh, You also had the Washington Redskins. Great call on that. They had the big lead. They ended up losing in overtime, but they did get the cover. And you had the Chicago Bears at home with the Lions that ended up being a push uh, on the last-second field goal by the Lions, but it, the end result is you had an unbeaten week. So congrats. I'm a, I, not only did you have good underdogs, we had a good meal. You had a good week last week.
1: I did, and you know something? The, uh, the Bears were up early in that game, and they probably should have beaten the Lions, and obviously Washington threw away that game. Virginia threw away that game, so it's good that they were all underdogs. You got to uh, have some points on the side with them. But uh, yeah, it, it always is, uh, you know, it's very frustrating when you take an underdog thinking that they can win, they're winning, and then you see why they're the underdog and they lose. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what happened specifically in the Chicago game. I mean, the Redskins, there was enough breathing room there. But with, uh, you know, with the Bears, they had a chance and that last second field goal. I don't know what that was. But uh, whatever, we'll take it and move on.
0: Yeah, and Connor Barth missed that field goal and ended up getting released after that. Boy, the kickers, when you talk about Blair Walsh Monday night for the Seahawks, when it looked like they were in position to tie the game and he misses from 51, 52 yards, whatever that was, missed it just short after the big comeback, so kickers struggled. I struggled last week. Last week is the first week that I have taken the collar. Uh, I need to be better this week after SMU, uh, the initials teams let me down, and UAB both let me down. Of course, my alma mater, Memphis, trampled SMU in the second half. UAB could not match up physically with Florida. I was concerned about that, and I still took UAB anyway, but Florida uh, put them away uh, in the second half of that game. And then the Raiders, absolute no-show in Mexico City off the bye week against the Patriots get wiped out and they've wiped out their defensive coordinator Ken Norton how about the Broncos are so bad they fired their offensive coordinator Mike McCoy so we got backup OC backup DC in the in the Raiders Broncos game coming when we talk pro football lots of changes going on with uh, with those teams Kevin Rogers so uh, a rough Sunday for the Raiders who look who don't look like a playoff team this year after being a playoff team uh, a year ago so that's some that's some pro football let's get back to the college ranks things narrowing down here final two weekends of the season how amped up are you uh, as we go into this Thanksgiving weekend for these matchups uh, that we're going to see where a lot of it's going to get decided for conference championship play for college football playoff purposes a, a lot of it's going to get sorted out this weekend how excited are you?
1: Yeah, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, the playoffs don't start in January. The college football playoffs, they actually begin this weekend, it seems like. This weekend and then next weekend with the conference championships, obviously the winner of Clemson-Miami will be in the top four. I don't think the loser gets in. I think it would be, you know, obviously it would have to be Miami being the loser. Clemson, I don't think with two losses, gets in to uh, to the top four. But, you know, you have... Auburn-Alabama, which is uh, a very big game that if Auburn can somehow, I don't want to say pull the upset, but, you know, beat the number one team in the country, then that really complicates things atop not only the SEC, maybe that's opened the door for Georgia again, if uh, they can beat Auburn a second time in the SEC championship, who knows, so, you know, a lot of that, uh, you know, hinges on that Auburn-Alabama game. But, you know, a lot going on. Oklahoma still needs to continue to uh, do their thing if they want to get in. And even Ohio State, the door's open with them. They beat Michigan and they win the Big Ten Championship against Wisconsin. Then maybe they sneak in. So still a lot to do, which is very good. You know, instead of having the two teams play for the national championship now, now you have four, but really you have a couple more, in a sense, that aren't real playoff games, but at least they're very meaningful.
0: All right, so we are going to get into the college underdogs now. We'll save pro underdogs, NFL underdogs, for our final segment. Again, I'll make mention that Amy Lawrence of CBS Sports Network, their overnight radio host, After Hours with Amy Lawrence, she'll be here in the middle segment to talk some pro and college football and even some Thanksgiving. And I might even squeeze out from Kevin Rogers whether he prepares anything on the Thanksgiving table in the Rogers household. We'll find that out later on in the show. But we've got college underdogs to get to first. Last weekend of the regular season in most of the conferences, you're going to have two college underdogs. I'm going to have one. Where do you want to begin, sir? Go ahead.
1: I will begin in the Big 12 with Iowa State and Kansas State, and Iowa State getting three points in Manhattan. Iowa State, who had that nice run, winning at Oklahoma as 31-point underdogs, beating TCU at home, but then they stumbled the next two games and close losses to West Virginia and Oklahoma State. They bounced back, winning at Baylor last week. But this is a team, TJ, that's 6-0 and 1 against the spread the last seven games. Mm. Kansas State's coming off a terrific win at Oklahoma State is a huge underdog last week. But this is a team in the last eight games that's been outgained, uh, especially from a passing standpoint. So that hurts for K State, and also they have quarterback issues.
0: Big time. This is a team
1: that's lost. And this team has lost three straight home games. They've actually played better on the road than they have at home. So it's just tough right now to back this Kansas State team, especially coming off a big win on the road last week. I think there's a letdown. Kansas State has owned Iowa State over the years, so this is a time for the Cyclones to end that streak. And I think that Iowa State does it this week.
0: Well, and in that game last week, they almost blew almost a 42-13 to lead uh, Oklahoma State in Stillwater actually had the ball late in the game, needing a touchdown to go win it, couldn't get it. And you're right, Kansas State was down to the fourth-string quarterback because of another quarterback injury during the game. The fourth-string quarterback is a walk-on. They were using the Wildcat formation on their last possession and having one of the receivers trying to run the Wildcats. So Bill Snyder dealing with all kinds of injuries at quarterback. And what a resurgence for Iowa State. Uh, so far this season so you will take them on three dog thursday for three dog thursday purposes i will go back to a team saturday night primetime game the traditional national rivalry of notre dame and stanford stanford was very good to me two weeks ago for the friday night upset win at home against washington i'm going right back to them again and i will take the points here in this uh, in this instance uh, again, Stanford is a home underdog on David Shaw. It's been very rare. That's only two previous times. The Washington game this year in the last five years, only two previous times as a home underdog. Beat Washington earlier this year, beat USC a couple of years ago as a home underdog. They're a home underdog again against Notre Dame. Shaw is also straight up six and one, or actually six and two total against Notre Dame right now in his coaching career. Um and he's won the last two matchups. These are always close games, but I like Stanford and Bryce Love here against a Notre Dame team that really doesn't have a quality road win all year long. I just I don't see them going out and beating Stanford in this in this matchup, give me Stanford Cardinal plus the two and a half in the showdown with Notre Dame. There's a lot of talk that Notre Dame could sneak their way back into the top four if they were to beat Stanford and everybody were to lose around them. Kevin, do you have a thought on this matchup here, Notre Dame and Stanford?
1: Well, when you look at Stanford and what they've done this year, at least as an underdog, that, you know, they've had some some nice efforts there and I just find it surprising that you know Notre Dame And you could say oh well, why do you find it surprising Notre Dame just has a loss to Miami but I find it surprising that Notre Dame is still in the mix because it kind of felt like they had kicked out after that loss but you know what if everyone else starts to lose, you have a bunch of two-loss teams, and Notre Dame is going to be the last one standing, if that's the case, with only one loss, but obviously have to beat Stanford, so it should be very interesting.
0: Well, and again, for the Fighting Irish, a loss at home to Georgia. You mentioned the blowout loss to Miami. You're right. Two,
1: lo- excuse me, two losses. I'm that's right. about No, no, that. you're, you're right. right. No, you're right,
0: right. And you're right. but the- but even with the two losses, my point is they have wins over USC, a blowout win. They beat Navy a week ago. They have a win over NC State, who was uh, in the top 25 throughout the year. This would be another top 15 road win for them it could keep them alive again they've got to have mayhem in front of them with teams losing left and right over these last two weekends because remember Notre Dame doesn't have a championship game next weekend I, I don't see them getting back in the top four no way no how even if they win this game and obviously I don't think they are going to win the game I think Stanford will beat them you have one more college underdog to go for here what else do you like on the buffet since we're talking Thanksgiving with all the games coming this weekend what else do you like
1: Maybe I'm a little crazy on this one, but uh, that's what I do. And I'm looking at the 49ers of Charlotte. I know they're one in 10. I understand. And they <laughs> play FAU, who's going to the Conference USA Championship game. And FAU has come in with seven consecutive wins. They just blew out FIU in the annual Shula Bowl between the two South Florida schools. They're rolling. I don't know how much longer Lane Kippen's gonna stay. I mean, Lane Kippen has been there for a year. I mean, this is his first year there. It could be one year and done with all the other good openings and what he's done at FAU. But when I look at a couple things here, number one, FAU playing a noon game. So I got to think it's kind of hard to get up for this game right on Saturday, playing a Charlotte team that has one win, which came in overtime against UAB. But on the flip side, Charlotte this year has covered at home in a loss to Middle Tennessee. They've covered in a win over UAB. They've covered in a loss to Marshall, all as underdogs. And they are 5-2 and two against the spread in Conference USA action. So I think that this is a team that will hang. FAU, I don't want to say has nothing to play for, but that big game was last week. They had a big, a big game next week. In the Conference USA Championship, I can't imagine that they're going to be bringing all the guns a blazing this week to Charlotte. It's
0: I a good—it's a good point that you make because again, they—they they have already clinched home field and the championship game. They will probably rest some guys in the second half of this game. Uh Devin Singletary is the outstanding running back. And it's funny you mentioned this game because as it turns out when we get to next week on Championship Saturday, I'll actually be broadcasting this game on tune in when Florida Atlantic plays against North Texas for the Conference USA Championship game in Boca Raton, Florida. So Uh, I'm curious to see, will Lane Kiffin stomp on the gas and blow him out, or will he back off with his guys? Because, again, this game doesn't really mean anything. They've already locked up the home game. The one that means something is next weekend with North Texas. So. We'll find that out for that matchup. You will take the Charlotte 49ers and the 21 and a half points. Couple of other curious games USF, UCF. I took a long look at South Florida out of Tampa against UCF out of Orlando, American East, showdown to win the division and play in the conference championship game. Of course, UCF has got the unbeaten season. It's an 11 point line. I think UCF, though, is just the better team defensively, especially. And I question USF, especially in the second half. Every game in the second half, they've tended to sleepwalk, penalties. The game ends up being close. I don't trust them in the Friday afternoon, the Black Friday war on I-4, uh, Kevin, in that matchup. And UCF has a chance to finish 11-0 and in the regular season and then host Memphis in the championship game. Do you have a thought at all about Bulls and Knights in that matchup?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, these two teams have been, in a sense, past Miami, the class of Florida so far this season and uh, it is a lot of points for UCF to lay here where USF they had one hiccup against Houston and that's it but Charlie Strong has still done a great job in uh, you know going to that program after what happened at Texas you got to give him a lot of credit there and you know it's a USF team that we haven't seen that often as an underdog this season so getting this amount of points you know is probably worth a a good look where with UCF it kind of feels the same way with Scott Frost as it does with Lane Kiffin that, you know, is he out the door? Is he, would he go to Nebraska? Right. You know, they're probably begging him to come there. So, you know, I think that, you know, for UCF, yes, they want to finish off the season on a high note and go undefeated. But at the same time, it's still a rivalry game, and still USF has been good
0: this year. And USF tacked on an extra touchdown at the end of the rivalry game last year. And again, you may be listening to Three Dog Thursday later in the weekend, and you may already know what has happened in that Friday game or not, and whether UCF held on to their unbeaten season and gets to host the championship game uh, or not. And as we get to Saturday, we mentioned Alabama and Auburn, and there's some other uh, intriguing rivalry games, too. That Clemson-South Carolina game in prime time. I took a long look at the Gamecocks. Uh, Jake Bentley, the quarterback, they're playing at home. They're getting almost 14 points. The thing is, Clemson is so good on defense, uh, and they've been in these big games so many times. I I just, I just don't trust Will Muschamp enough in that prime time game. Do you think South Carolina can give Clemson fits? Just real quick, you don't have to have a pick on the game. Can they give them fits, though, Saturday night?
1: Yeah, why not? I mean, with what Will Muschamp has done, and again, another rivalry game that uh, you know South Carolina—they've been a good underdog under Muschamp. I think that uh, yeah, why not? I mean, I don't know how they're going to score against Clemson because they're not great offensively, but at least defensively, maybe they can make this a fourteen ten game, a low-scoring game, and, and maybe hang.
0: Well, and we'll see what happens with coaching moves. We mentioned Nebraska is almost rubber-stamped. We'll fire Mike Riley. We already know Florida and Tennessee have openings. Uh, we know that Kevin Sumlin apparently is out at Texas A&M, if they, especially if they lose to LSU in the Saturday night game. You could have five openings, Kevin, in the SEC alone. Could Todd Graham be in trouble at Arizona State if Arizona beats them and knocks them to 6-6? Six and six, Might Arizona State make a move this weekend? Uh, will Chip Kelly come out of the broadcast booth and take one of these jobs? Where is Scott Frost headed? Where is Lane Kiffin headed? Uh, It's going to be wild with the coaching carousel coming up. So rivalry games this weekend, and there's our conversation on the college football. Kevin, stand by. We'll come back and talk with you in our final segment about some NFL football uh, this weekend on Thanksgiving weekend. Straight ahead, again, Amy Lawrence will be here from CBS Sports Network, their overnight show, After Hours. She's the host to talk some football, to talk some Thanksgiving, even give us an underdog selection. That is coming up as a turkey leg edition of Three Dog Thursday continues. Stay with us. Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by FanPlayoff.com. Play postseason fantasy football like you never have before for free. Coming this January. Find out more by going to FanPlayoff.com.
1: The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves.
0: Oh, we are back in. It is Three Dog Thursday as we continue along as advertised. I love this young lady's work, uh, particularly with what she does overnights on CBS Sports Radio. After Hours with Amy Lawrence, and she has agreed to come on here on Three Dog Thursday in advance of Thanksgiving. She's like, TJ, what are you doing to me? I'm trying to cook. I'm trying to do my final show before Thanksgiving holiday. I got family coming in, and you're bothering me about underdogs, yet you still agreed to come on. Thank you. I appreciate it.
2: Anyone who calls me young lady can have as much time as he or she wants for his podcast or her I podcast.
0: Have, I have so many young ladies around me in my house, including my wife and the twins and the dog. It's it's all young ladies. You're all young. You're all uh, you're all the best. Okay, um, what do we make of this football season? Because I've conversed with you on your show a couple of times. Have I mean let's let's start with college football. We understand that Alabama is perennially going to be good. Uh, But right now with the college football playoff, are you like me as we head into Thanksgiving weekend and eventually championship Saturday the following week, that it could be Alabama and any one of about six other teams in the mix in that top four before we're all said and done? What do you think?
2: I agree that it's a complete mystery, which I love. In fact, I think that college football has... Has actually exceeded the hype and is delivering on the promise that we get at the start of the season uh, with the college football playoff rankings. People complain because it, we're we're getting a glimpse of the committee's mind, but not the full picture of how this is going to look, and and things can change every weekend. But the compelling argument for. Having just four teams in a playoff to me is backed up every single weekend, especially when you're coming off what was like a showdown Saturday two weeks ago when we had four matchups of ranked teams inside the top 16, seven inside the top 25, and it turned into mass chaos. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that sucks fans in. So here we are going into a Thanksgiving weekend where there's football Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but of course the big game is the Iron Bowl. So you talk about we can be looking at. Alabama and any number of a handful of other teams except that this is a huge test for the tide they're missing a good chunk of their linebacking core and that nearly came back to bite him against Mississippi State that game was in Starkville this game the Iron Bowl happens to be at Jordan-Hare Stadium which of course is hostile territory times infinity when it's when it's alabama and auburn and so (laughs) i don't know i don't think we should be penciling alabama in just yet because auburn has looked really good and certainly will be up for this massive challenge
0: and and feel free here to use uh to use this logic because uh, you have any number of scenarios georgia could find their way back in alabama could be in Auburn could be in, or, oh my God, if Auburn beats Alabama, hear me out, Alabama's not in the title game, Georgia Tech upsets Georgia this weekend, and then Georgia goes ahead and beats Auburn in the championship game, could the SEC be left out of the playoff? I know that seems far-fetched, but I mean, it could start dominoes if Auburn beats Alabama. Who knows? That's why we love the playoff, right? And, and And the way that this shakes out the next couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, I think what you're looking at right now is any number of ways that the top seven could be all jumbled and juxtaposed. And what I like about going into these final two weekends is the concept that any of the top seven still controls its own destiny. So from Georgia up, and I know I hate that cliche phrase, but from Georgia up, from number seven up, um, you could, if you're looking at AP or if you're looking at coaches poll, but obviously uh, talking about number seven up in the college football playoff rankings, then uh, since the committee controls the, the future, any number of those teams, any different ways that they could end up uh, in that In that top four, I I don't think we'll be left without an SEC because if you look at the top seven, there are what three of them in there. Their strength of schedule, especially in the SEC West, is 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 difficult, is infinitely harder than some of the other conferences. So I still think you're going to have an SEC team in there, whoever wins the championship. But I could be wrong.
0: Yeah. Well, and there I mean, look, I mean, there's a couple other things that we think we know, which is all things being equal, Clemson beat South Carolina and Miami beats Pitt, who they should beat, who's bad, then that is a de facto playoff championship game where the winner's <laughs> moving on, and I think the loser, no matter which one of them it is, is out of the top four. Would you buy that, Amy Lawrence?
2: Aren't we aren't we essentially looking at all of them being de facto playoff games? <laughs> if, but if
0: Alabama, all right, let me just couch it this way. If Alabama beats Auburn, then even if they lose the championship game, I could still see them being number four. They're probably the only one. Other than that, you're right. I think they are. But, I mean, Clemson-Miami looks like winner is in, loser is out. And then right. and then, Wisconsin fan is cheering, Big Ten fan is cheering, because there's their inroad to get in with an unbeaten 13-0 and schedule, win the Big Ten championship game, probably against Ohio State. Wisconsin, are you with me? I'm not in the Big Ten country. You're in the New York City area, so you're not in the, well, I mean, technically Rutgers, but you're not technically in the Big Ten country or footprint. But if they're 13-0 and with a championship game win, you cannot leave Wisconsin out. They will not leave Wisconsin out. You agree?
2: No, I do agree with that, considering that they're – end of the schedule plus the Big Ten championship would be enough to boost their resume. I liken this to a NASCAR racing analogy, uh, especially when you're talking about restrictor plate tracks, so Daytona, Talladega, where the car that's in the number three spot is actually the car that's in the catbird seat. That's how Wisconsin is right now. If Wisconsin does what it does, so it essentially doesn't crash, like, <laughs> like using the racing analogy, Wisconsin should naturally move up, and we'll see the teams ahead of them duke it out, and so one of them will fall back. So in restrictor-plate racing, you have to stay in line or you have to back the fastest car. Well, And, and then the, the number three car then has the opportunity to follow either one of those, but also to get a draft and to spring around and take the lead, la-la-la. So in this particular case... Wisconsin is in the catbird seat because there are teams, cars ahead of it, uh, who are going to take each other out. That's just how it's going to be. So you you sit back, you take care of your own business, you handle your car, and then you watch the fallout in front of you.
0: I love it. She even brings in a NASCAR analogy. Amy Lawrence, After Hours, CBS Sports Network, with us here for a few more moments on Three Dog Thursday. Okay, let's turn to the NFL Where, uh, we're starting to see some things sort out. We know New England is like Alabama. New England's gonna perennially be there. They're gonna be good. They're gonna, they're gonna win their 11, 12, 13 games and and be there. What else do we think we know right now? Eagles look really good. What, I mean, buffet in front of you. Saints, eight wins in a row. What else do we know?
2: I think we're looking at a Saints team now. I'm glad you brought up the Saints. It's one of my favorite stories of the NFL season. That has finally achieved that balance that they've been looking for in the Crescent City for years. It's been so much about Drew Brees, and it's been too much about what their quarterback can do with that arm of his and that brain of his, of course. Now they finally got the balance to the point where I had a family member, I kid you not, TJ, send me a text right before the Saints hit, hit those two drives in the fourth quarter against the Redskins where Drew Brees won 11 for 11 and they scored the, the two touchdowns plus the two-point conversion forced overtime, family member sends me a text that says Drew Brees sucks. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, he doesn't. But that's the point. Mark Ingram having this breakout season, obviously the addition of the rookie Alvin Kamara, plus the defense, the special teams that is routinely either scoring or at least, at the very least, carrying its own weight. I mean, this Saints team has achieved such balance to the point where people who don't know what they're watching can look at Drew Brees and say, he sucks. And then... He, un- he unleashes because there's such a balance with the offense that defenses can't just back up, play the prevent defense, hope that he doesn't thread a needle somewhere and pick them apart. You can't anymore because if you do, the, the running tandem will crush you. And so I love the Saints story. I think even though this winning streak will likely end at some point, I do think that they are – They are tailor-made for a deep run in the postseason where they weren't before. Now they obviously have great competition in the NFC South. We could end up with three teams from that division in the postseason, even the Bucks are not out of it now with uh, back-to-back wins under Brian Fitzpatrick. Yep. I love that story, too. Uh, so the Saints, and then as you mentioned, the Eagles, another team that can win a variety of ways, uh, whether it's Carson Wentz, who brings such great leadership in Moxie, um, and you can see the, the team taking on his personality even in just his second year. But that Jim Schwartz defense that's like a prison break. I absolutely love the idea of that Jim Schwartz defense creating chaos, even when they're not blitzing. Uh, those two teams are fantastic, but as I was talking about on my show, TJ, the great thing about the NFL as we head toward Week 12 is that not so much the front runners, because we know who those are, but you've got about, I don't know, 80% of the NFL that's within one game of 500, if at least that's what it feels like, and so the wild card spots will be hotly contested, even where some of the division leaders have managed to create space.
0: Love it. Okay, so that leads us to an underdog selection. And with the full understanding, look, uh, Amy's being a great sport and playing along, and she said to me, I don't pay a lot of attention to the spreads. She no. s- doesn't do it <laughs> on her show. So you started asking me, okay, where, this, that. And you said to me when I said Rams favored by two and a half at the Coliseum against the Saints, you said, whoa, 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 whoa. You, I mean, you think the Saints go nine straight wins and beat the Rams, or at least only lose by one or two to cover here, That's you're going to be an underdog that you're watching for this Thanksgiving weekend is the Saints at the Coliseum with the Revitalized Rams.
2: Well, if you're forcing me to pick one, then yes. I'm I don't not make forcing you. I'm just, I'm just, right, I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> okay,
0: I'm sort of, yes. With the well, Go ahead.
2: Yes, I would say the Saints only because I think what we saw against or with the Rams, excuse me, last weekend, uh, with them taking on that Minnesota defense. Now, granted, that one was on the road uh, at U.S. Bank Stadium, but the the way that Minnesota was able to corral the offense, uh, we know they've got, every team's got injuries now, but of course, uh, the Rams dealing with a few injuries. Now, I like the Rams defense, but the, as we talked about with the Saints, there are multiple ways that they can move the ball and score. They can go lightning quick or they can ground and pound you to death and I think that they have an edge uh, now when it comes to defense and special teams so yeah, if I have to pick one, I feel like that's a that 's an easy one, even if the saints don 't win I feel that could be going uh, down to the wire
0: well and and look i I went against them on this podcast on this digital radio show. Uh, in Buffalo a couple of weeks ago and they embarrassed Buffalo and they embarrassed me and everybody else oh, that, that doubted awful, them on, on the road <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> that but that game was more about what you've been talking about how good they were running the ball how good they were defensively on the road so let's see if it stacks up again here against the Rams uh for that matchup so a thanksgiving day that has uh, the the Lions and the Vikings. It has the Chargers playing the Cowboys. It also mm-hmm. has the Giants and the Redskins, where the Giants are trying to play the spoiler role. Some interesting NFL games, uh, for sure, for Thanksgiving Day and to kick off the weekend with all the college football and the NFL. But let's get to the main event with Amy Lawrence of CBS Sports Network. Food! I don't know the answer to this, but we're going to talk food real quick. What Woo! do you My make? Topic. What do you make? Yeah, I mean, uh, let's get the taste buds going. Give me something you're going <laughs> to have on the Thanksgiving Day table that you make. Go.
2: That I make personally? Yes, that you make. All right, do, well. What do you make I, I and get, do well? I am participating in in all of the cooking once I get to where my family will be celebrating. Right. However, I'm responsible for the pumpkin pie. Boom. And, uh, Boom. Yeah, so that's, that's my responsibility. Is What's the, the secret pie, I...
0: to good pumpkin pie from Amy Lawrence? Mm.
2: Well, the secret is not to leave it in the oven too long so that your crust burns. That is the secret. Or to cover it up with the crust with some tin foil, which is really difficult to do. Bend and twist your tin foil right. so that you get it in there. Uh, but yeah, so a couple years ago, funny story, a couple years ago, <laughs> I accidentally left out the, the sugar in the in the pumpkin pie. Uh, I was either going to use sugar or I was going to use the sweetened condensed milk, and neither one of them got into the pie somehow. I think so, it was because I was so tired. I, I hit the of an overnight Exactly. <laughs> if
0: I can stop you, you're delusional, you're delirious, and we end up with exactly. diabetic we end up with diabetic pumpkin pie with no sugar. <laughs> so with the, the, yes, the, yeah, so right.
2: then I try to convince my family to either add the sugar or just pile on the whipped cream. And uh, they they were game for one piece. But after that, they would not play along. So I brought the rest of that pumpkin pie home. And I'll be darned, TJ, if I didn't eat the entire thing, yes. just piling on the sugar externally. There you go. But yeah, so now it's a big joke. They literally want me to make the pumpkin pie to be sure that I don't forget to put in the sugar. Is that, is
0: that joke carried to the point where there's a big big five pound like bag of sugar that they set beside your pie tray before you make it just to you know give you the hint at this time. They would prefer having...
2: that I messed up again so they can make fun of me.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it on the thing thanks- so what I do for Thanksgiving, not that you or the world cares but I'm gonna share it anyway, is I make broccoli casserole and I have been doing this for about 15 years, basically because it's idiot-proof to make. And I'm saying this to all the guys that are hearing this uh, in particular that don't have any role whatsoever in preparation of Thanksgiving. You can do this. You got this on broccoli casserole because what it is, it's, it's frozen broccoli, Pick your brand out of the frozen broccoli section. It's Velveeta cheese. It's Ritz crackers, and it's about a cup of butter. You melt the butter. You crush up the Ritz crackers. You lay out your uh, your broccoli, your frozen broccoli. Uh, it's frozen. You squeeze it out some to get some of the water out. You lay that in. You put the Velveeta cheese on it. You put the mixture of the melted butter and the Ritz crackers on it. You bake it in the oven on about 350 for about 30 minutes. Boom, 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 boom. Broccoli oh casserole. And it's virtually idiot-proof to burn this or to mess this up. So that has been my role for like 15 years. I don't make anything else, much less a dessert. I make the broccoli casserole, and I just thought I would share that with a Three Dog Thursday audience. So while you're making pumpkin pie, not everybody's a broccoli fan. You could make it with green beans. You make it with frozen green beans if you want or something else with a green vegetable mm-hmm. with the cheese. Do something like that. For th- I'm just trying to help people out. If they, if they don't know what to come up with and they want to contribute, you want to be a contributor to the cause, to the team, broccoli casserole would work. There you
2: oh, go. now I'm hungry. Okay, now i got to eat Yeah, so now
0: we are got to get some food. And by the way, I, I inquire with everybody about this. How long do you go with the leftovers? Are the leftovers still allowed Saturday? Are they potentially yes! still allowed yes! Sunday? <laughs> NFL Sunday still allowed in the house Sunday? Uh, leftovers? It depends
2: on what they are. The pies, yes. I would think by that time, most of the the main dishes or even the side dishes are gone. They wouldn't stay long in my family, but definitely the pies. Uh, You can go all through the weekend with the desserts.
0: I love it. My mother-in-law makes a mean pumpkin pie, and I know we're talking on the podcast, but I can't wait to have a bite of that. On uh, on Thursday and maybe Friday as well. All right. So she talks not only food, not only football, but everything going on. Whether it's the NBA, even some NASCAR. She's she's been talking about Martin Truex winning the uh, the chase for yes. the championship this go around. So she talks about all of it on After Hours. That's the name of her program on CBS Sports Radio Network overnights. Follow her on Twitter at a Law Radio for Amy Lawrence, pumpkin pie maker extraordinaire, predicting the Saints as an underdog winner against the rams on three dog thursday this was a lot of fun thank you for making effort for me to be on with me here on this show and i pledge to you whenever you want me to come on and talk football or whatever with you including making broccoli casserole i would love to do it again sounds
2: fantastic happy thanksgiving
0: dj happy thanksgiving to you young lady be well bye bye Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by FanPlayoff.com Play postseason fantasy football like you never have before for free, coming this January. Find out more by going to FanPlayoff.com Who are this week's top dogs in pro and college football? We are back on Three Dog Thursdays. We are back in. It is the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to underdogs. Hopefully you've gotten enough to eat for Thanksgiving, whether you're hearing us as part of Thanksgiving Day on the debut of the show or throughout the weekend. You survived Black Friday. You didn't get assaulted, beaten up, trying to get gifts, trying to get discounts and deals at all the stores and the malls. Hopefully you did well with that and you're enjoying all of the football and the family and the food, all the Fs for this weekend. Uh, Again, Kevin Rogers back with me, senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com. All right, I'm going to put you squarely on the spot. We were just talking with uh, Amy Lawrence. She makes pumpkin pie as her homemade thing. I mentioned in the segment I make broccoli casserole with the frozen broccoli and the Velveeta cheese. For the for the Rogers Thanksgiving meals with the family, do you have any role in preparation of food? Do you make anything, or are you only in the consumption business? What is the story in the Rogers household?
1: No, I just sho- I, I just show up, and we're not hosting. <laughs> uh, we're actually going to uh, to a relatives, but no, I just show up. I so don't, you show uh,
0: up, you eat, you drink, you watch football, and you maybe help clean up, maybe maybe not, or at least you watch your son, your six month old son, while everybody else uh, cleans up and 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 makes and prepares, right?
1: Well, I, I'm the driver, so I think that's enough. And I, I, I have to drive, so... You're the that's sh- kind of my uh, thats my role. I'm You're not I'm the chauffeur.
0: chauffeur. You're the chauffeur, and you take care of business with Mrs. Rogers. I love it. And first Thanksgiving for the yep. little guy, too. So he'll be getting pictures made yep. and all of that. Okay, speaking of Thanksgiving, as we go to pro football, Kevin has already said to me he doesn't really like any of the Thanksgiving Day games. I, however, do like one of the Thanksgiving Day games. The first one on the slate is the Lions hosting the Minnesota Vikings. I, I like the Lions in this situation on Thanksgiving Day for a couple of reasons. Reasons. I've been very impressed uh, with the job that they have done uh, in the last two weeks winning on the on the road in the NFC North. I mean, you can say what you want about the Packers struggling with Brett Hundley and the Bears or the Bears with Trubisky, the rookie quarterback, but the Lions in both of those cases uh, really came from behind and put it on the opponent in the second half. Uh, Marvin Jones the receiver is probably the best receiver that you haven't heard a lot about he's actually burned me Kevin in fantasy football in each of the last two weeks in two different leagues he's having a good season uh Stafford has been an excellent second half comeback quarterback I like them getting three points in the rivalry game with Minnesota Minnesota had the big week at home over the Rams last week winning that game I'll take Detroit in the early Thanksgiving game I like the Lions here. Are you believing in the, uh, in the Lions to make a playoff push here out of that division with Minnesota right now? I'm not necessarily saying for this game, but does Detroit look like a playoff team to you?
1: I mean, look, they're taking care of their business, and if they can beat Minnesota Thursday, that would give them the season tiebreaker over the Vikings, and Minnesota coming off this huge win over the Rams. You kind of wonder now the short week if there's going to be a letdown in a revenge game. Now, going to Detroit, where they only scored seven points the last time they met, and if the Lions, again, can win this game, they're one back of the Vikings plus the tiebreaker. So, really, they're right on the doorstep of winning this division. Now that Green Bay is kind of a non-factor, we know Chicago's out of it. So, it would be a great story for the Lions, who were a playoff team last year. But also, you know, I'd like to see with Detroit, you know, if they can beat some quality teams. I feel like they're, they're beating teams that they should be beating – but they lost at the end to Atlanta. They lost at home to Carolina. So, you know, let's see now if they can pick up a good home win against Minnesota.
0: All right, we'll find out. Again, that leads off the NFL triple header on Thanksgiving. Again, with the full understanding, you may be listening to this show later in the weekend. You may already know. How foolish I am to have taken Detroit in the Thanksgiving game, or maybe I look really good for having taken them or not. Uh, the Chargers and the Cowboys. Chargers suddenly looking good in the AFC West with another blowout win last week. Hey, is Nathan Peterman done throwing interceptions? Uh, Kevin Rogers, I know you were tweeting about that in the aftermath of that Dolphin-Buccaneer game that Good gracious. I know Jake Cutler had three interceptions in the first half last week for the Dolphins. Nathan Peterman had Cinco. He had five picks in the first half of his first NFL start. Wow. The the Chargers certainly put it on him. It's it's amazing. And now the Bills are going to go back to Tyrod Taylor, by the way, after just one week. Uh, So the Chargers play the Cowboys and the Giants and the Washington Redskins with Washington trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. Hosting the Giants on Thanksgiving Day. So that's the Thanksgiving Day triple header. Again, Kevin is staying away from all of those games. When we get to an NFL Sunday, where do you want to begin with an underdog? Where do you want to go?
1: Uh, I probably shouldn't go this way. I don't like a lot of the games this week. I think, you know, there's a reason why a lot of these favorites are laying a lot of points this week, but you know, whatever. I'm going to look at the Browns. I know they've won yet, and they've been terrible, but there's like I don't trust the Dolphins against the Patriots. I don't trust the Bears against the Eagles. Not to say I trust the Browns, but I don't trust the Bengals. That's what it is. And Cincinnati beat Cleveland earlier this year at Cleveland, and I feel like this line should be a little bit bigger just because the Browns have been so terrible and this is a Cincinnati team that has struggled at home that they did beat Buffalo earlier this year, but they edged Indianapolis as a huge favorite. They've lost to Houston on that Thursday night. They got shut out by Baltimore in week one. They just haven't been a good home team this year. And, you know, even last week against Denver, they got that interception. They went all the way down the field. They flipped the field and that set up one of their touchdowns. They only had about 200 yards or so against Denver, this past week and not to say that the Broncos and Browns defenses are, are similar, but at the same time, the Browns, you know what, you don't want to go 0-16 and not to say that this is the week. And I know they haven't been great against the spread. I just don't really trust the, uh, the Bengals laying this number here, and I'm going to take a shot with the Browns.
0: Well, and the Browns uh, have really struggled with Deshaun Kaiser at quarterback. He had another rough week last week, only seven points at home as the Jaguars beat them. But again, and Cincinnati won in Denver a week ago. So rivalry matchup there. Can Cleveland get a win? The losing continues. Uh, for them, for the Cleveland, you are definitely being bold with that pick. Of all the hefty underdogs you could go with to go with the winless Browns, that's, I mean, you look at some of the lines last, I mean, the, the, for this week, the Dolphins right now with Jay Cutler uncertain at the time we're taping Three Dog Thursday are 16.5-point underdogs uh, at New England for that game. Uh Kansas City's favored by 10 over Buffalo, as we mentioned, with them going back to Tyrod Taylor. Uh What else? The Eagles you mentioned, 13.5-point favorites against the Bears. So there are some hefty lines uh, this week in the NFL and I will go to one and you can go ahead and accuse me of being a homer uh, right away up front I work as part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio broadcast Bucks will take on the Atlanta Falcons and folks to me that line is too big for three dog Thursday purposes at nine and a half Bucks are much better defensively Really, three of the last four games, they've been really good on defense and good at taking the ball away. Had four first-half takeaways last week in Miami. Uh, They took it away two times against McCown and the Jets in the victory two weeks ago. Rivalry game with the Atlanta Falcons and the NFC South. These two teams know each other well. Um, And Atlanta comes off of an emotional, hard-fought Monday night win in Seattle. Long flight back to Atlanta. Short week for them. I think the Buccaneers will play sound football. Ryan Fitzpatrick back in at quarterback. Jameis Winston not fully healed with the shoulder injury. Fitzpatrick's taking very good care of the ball, Kevin, uh in, in his uh in his game last week with Miami in particular. I think the Bucs have a real shot to upset the Falcons. I will take the nine and a half points. And I would be saying that whether uh I was part of the of the broadcast team or not, just in this particular situation, in this spot. I think Atlanta may be a little emotionally drained, a little drained period from the, the long flight back and the short week. And the Buccaneers may have something for them on, uh, on Sunday afternoon in the, in the matchup here with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, do you have a, a thought on whether Atlanta's gotten their act together, back-to-back wins for them against Dallas and against Seattle? What about the Falcons? Real quick, say something about them.
1: Well, I mean, you, you make good points. Obviously, them coming off this win at Seattle, where it's never easy to win, and I feel like teams that you know come off the Seahawks that they don't perform as well the next week. And yeah, you know, the Bucks are two zero with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they weren't winning with Jameis Winston, so they're getting something right there with Fitzpatrick. And you know, you make a lot of good points on it. That uh, you know, we'll see if the Bucks. I just I feel like I, I keep thinking of that Saints game a few weeks ago yep. that they were the big underdogs. Like yep. that was the spot they got blown out, but you know what, New Orleans you know, is really rolling and they still are, where the Falcons are getting it together by don't know what the Falcons team are going to get.
0: And if Fitzpatrick goes back to throwing interceptions, they have no chance to win, obviously, in this game in Atlanta in the hostile environment. And the Falcons are trying to keep pace with the Saints and with the Panthers uh, right now in the NFC South, with the Saints having run off eight in a row. How about the Saints are an underdog at the Rams. As Amy Lawrence said, she'll take that game. She will take the Saints and the two and a half points in that matchup at the Coliseum. Uh, with the with the Saints incredibly trying to win nine straight after being 0-2 if they are able to get that. Um, and then the Sunday uh, slate continues. I mentioned the Denver-Oakland game with both coordinators fired off of both teams playing in Oakland in the black hole. And also Pittsburgh hosting Green Bay with Green Bay faltering badly. And the Steelers are favored by 14 at home at Heinz Field in the Sunday night game for that matchup. And Thanksgiving weekend uh, concludes with Houston and Baltimore playing in Baltimore on Monday Night Football. All right, so there we go with all the NFL matchups and Thanksgiving this weekend. Kevin, I, I know it's a great weekend. We've got college basketball also cranking up. College football is crazy. A lot of different sports that are going on. Tell them more about the great information at VegasInsider.com, sir.
1: Absolutely. And like you mentioned, we're coming down the stretch in college football. NFL was still about six weeks to go in uh, the season before we get to the playoffs there. We have no idea you know, who are going to be the teams to beat, really, in, uh, in both conferences, and now you look, I know the Patriots, Eagles, what you would say, but, uh, but who really knows? But anyway, that uh, NBA, college basketball, underway of all these non-conference tournaments in college basketball, the NBA moving right along. We still have hockey. So a lot of things going on at VegasInsider.com. Check us out. We're open all the time. Thanksgiving, Christmas, doesn't matter what the holiday is. You can check us out there or also on Twitter at TwitBI.
0: Yep, Great information there at VegasInsider.com Follow Kevin Rogers at V.I. Rogers You can also follow this show as well At Three Dog Thursday You can subscribe to this show via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play So whether you're hearing us and you found us on RadioInfluence.com Or you found us through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Rate the show, rank the show, help promote it Again, by the tens of thousands you folks have been listening uh, throughout the football season each and every week to this uh, little podcast that could. Our digital radio show has really grown and blossomed. And Kevin and I, when we're giving thanks on Thanksgiving, we're thankful for all of you folks, the fans, finding this show, Three Dog Thursday. Keep promoting it. Keep publicizing it through the weekend. Uh, here we go. Kevin has got uh, in the college ranks Iowa State against Kansas State and the Charlotte 49ers as a home underdog with FAU and Conference USA Action. Florida Atlantic is the heavy favorite in that one. I will take the Stanford Cardinals Saturday night of Thanksgiving weekend, getting the two and a half at home with Notre Dame in the NFL. I will go Lions on Thanksgiving Day. Again, you may be listening later in the weekend and you may know how smart or how stupid I am to have taken the Lions against the Vikings at home. And then Kevin likes the Cleveland Browns, and I will take the Buccaneers, two road underdogs there, Cleveland and Tampa Bay. We'll see how it it all pans out. Hey, Kevin, have a great uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Enjoy the food. Enjoy the family, the fun, the football. I love the inside. I love spending time with you. I appreciate it. Have a great Thanksgiving, sir.
1: All right, TJ, you too. Thank you.
0: And we thank all of the audience for being with us. Have a safe and fun Thanksgiving. We'll see how all the games play out, and we'll talk to you next week for the only digital radio show that belongs exclusively to underdogs in college and NFL football. It's Three Dog Thursday. Bye. Chris Landry
1: inviting you to join me for Landry Football Podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. We'll give you the coaching and scouting angle to the college and NFL game. Film breakdowns, scouting reports, X's and O's, the latest inside scoop, coaching search information. We've got it all for you. I'll take my experiences as a coach and a scout and bring it to you, the fan, to give you access to the best football information on the college and pro level. Join us at LandryFootball.com and remember the Landry Football Podcast right here as well as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and (laughs) RadioInfluence.com.